Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Pear Schneider. What's up? Brian Altano. Brap, brap. And Zachary Ryan. It's me, the giant boy. Oh my goodness. What is going on, everyone? How's everyone doing? Sorry. I'll, hang on. Let me get back. What, what, ha- what happened? With that was fun. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Are we good? Are we, yeah. There uh, we, we, are. we just so had the, to do okay. a goof. So okay, if you're watching the show, which you should be, uh, Zach and I adjusted our chairs to ridiculous heights. And Zach made himself very tall, and I made myself very small. <laughs> We're the, idiots. It's, it's safe 
to say the gruesome twosome is back together again. Oh, and it's so good to have you guys back. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you so much. It's, it's good to be here. While, yeah. I missed you guys. Um, we I missed was, you too. I was playing tons of Switch on Paternity oh, Leave, what? and I had no one to tell anything uh, all the games about, so it's good to be back. You I, probably had like 60 indie games you played that don't even exist yet. I actually, I, I sent Philip a list yesterday, and he whittled it down for us for the show. So. <laughs> I had to cut out a, a lot of games there. There were a lot, but uh, no, we've got a lot of gr great stuff to talk about this show. Um, it's very nice to have you back, Brian. Thanks. It's good to have the duo back. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on this week. Unfortunately, uh, this is not a live show because we are at Comic-Con next week, so make sure you check out all of our Comic-Con coverage happening uh, surrounding, I don't know, when 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 does it kick off? Thursday yeah. uh, at, what, 3 p.m. Yeah. Pacific time? Thursday at 3 p.m. Yeah. There's going to be some Nintendo stuff going on, so definitely keep so your eyes open for that. That means all our live, live magic tools are already shipped to San yeah. Diego, right? Yeah. yeah, so we're doing exactly. three days alive there. Uh, go check that out. I will not be there, but I'm working on a bunch of stuff before it. So it's a really awesome show. I've been looking at the uh, at the run of show so far, and there's a lot of Sorry. incredible things there. Do, so. do you need to take that phone? Call? No, I, yeah. I wanted to make sure that we were starting at three o'clock, but then I realized that I was on a podcast and I shouldn't be looking at my phone. So apologies. Yeah. Yeah. But then the phone right. went off, and then Pear talked about it, and right. all the dominoes started. So now to everybody talk. knows. <laughs> Sorry. So we're taking this from the top, right? Yep. <laughs> start yeah, let's just go ahead and start all over right. again. <laughs> no, no. Welcome. Welcome. Um, no, no, no. We do have a lot of stuff. It's a packed show this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Nintendo on crossplay. Uh, we're going to be talking about some NPD predictions for the near future. Uh, Warframe was announced for Nintendo Switch, which is crazy. We're going to be diving into those details. Uh, we're going to be talking about some potential Switch games that could be launching alongside Nintendo Switch Online, which is something that I know we're all very excited about. There's some Mario Kart VR news. And of course... Fortnite has a major, major update. Season 5 has started. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely need to touch base on that. Octopath Traveler is out, and so is Captain Toad. So I'm very, very excited. It's a huge week. This stuff. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. packed. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. But let's go ahead and circle back over to the Nintendo crossplay situation. So during the most recent shareholders meeting, did you guys get a chance to hear hear about this at all? Like uh, the shareholders information stuff that came out from mm -hmm. that? Very bit. interesting stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. And I highly recommend you check it out. We've got a lot of news articles on the site that have been covering it. Uh, so anyway, during the recent shareholders meeting, an investor on the call asked Nintendo how crossplay has helped increase the popularity of Fortnite and Minecraft on Switch. Uh, and they wanted to know what sort of initiatives Nintendo had in place for bringing this feature to other multi-platform games. So Senior Executive Officer Sasuma Tanaka uh, said that, cross, and I quote, cross-play basically comes about from conversations between publishers and platform holders. We are inclined to do what we can to help publishers incorporate cross-play when that is what they want. The other parties involved also say also have a say in whether we are able to reach this outcome or not. So we will continue to discuss it with them. Now, crossplay is good and people <laughs> enjoy it. Sometimes we put it in the games. Yes, yes. Um, so obviously there's some crossplay happening on Fortnite, right. which is uh -huh. really cool. Yeah. There's yeah. crossplay yeah. in Minecraft. Way, yeah. way more crossplay happening on Fortnite on Switch than is happening on Fortnite on PS4. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, get it together over there, boys. I know. Well, look, the, uh, I... I if you ask someone on an investor call, hey, is uh, letting Switch owners play with Xbox, PS4, and PC, and mobile gamers, is that helping your popularity? If you say yes, 
that's bad because then Xbox or, or you know, obviously market leader is, is PlayStation or, uh, you know, Mr. PC, the publisher of all PC games. Mm-hmm. You guys know Mr. PC. will say, well, let's not allow crossplay with our platform because we're artificially propping up the Switch. Right. If you say no, then you tick off people who want to make cross-platform games. So kind of like this is the only answer you can give, I feel like, on an investor call. It's fair. It is great for consumers and it's great for publishers because right. if, you know, the worst thing, and this happened actually during the Wii U era, with like Call of Duty, yeah, the worst I was thing say. for any game is if there are no players to match make with, and this completely avoids it. Well, so the to really like editorialize this a bit and dig into it, I think what's what's the most important takeaway from all of this. It's one thing to break down the walls and let players play with each other across platforms, but what historically happened with Nintendo versions of those games is that they got the short end of the stick. They would yep. never get updated. They wouldn't get multiplayer modes. Like I downloaded the brand new Fortnite season this morning yep. on Switch at the same time as everybody else. And AM? With, yeah, very early. <laughs> I, I was up. I have a baby, so I was just up yeah. in the middle of the night changing diapers. I'm like, let me get that download going, go back to sleep, have a present when I wake up, aside from the one that she'll leave me. Um, <laughs> and... That's a that's a new thing. Is that now I can I can now I can uh, I can play a game that is updated day and date in the same way the other versions are. If you look at Minecraft, yeah. if you look at Fortnite. These are the biggest games in the world. We're not waiting two three months. This is not like it's down the pecking order for, right. for publishers. They're treating Nintendo and the Switch as a serious viable platform, and they're going like, oh yeah, like we don't want to leave those guys mm-hmm. out hanging because if yeah. I don't have the latest update and I go to play somebody on PC and they're driving a golf cart around my or Fortnite and I'm not, there's a problem. Yeah. So this is like this is a big thing that these guys are actually taking this platform seriously, and it is much more important nowadays in that there, you know, there are more games that focus on multiplayer and online multiplayer, and in some cases don't have even local multiplayer options. Right mm-hmm. it's for those games to to you know be great for people to play for a long time, you need to have that big audience to connect right. with. And so you know, even if they're very, if maybe there comes a future where very few people want to play car soccer on Switch, there's still others to play with and mm-hmm. you'll have a game that is essentially not broken, right? Yeah, and I think what the best case scenario here that's really helping is that a lot of these games were built to scale to many platforms to begin with, yep. so the, the Switch kind of inherits that good nature there. Um, stuff like Rocket League, Minecraft, Fortnite can you know can run on low-end PCs, sometimes mobile phones, all the way up to Switch, all the way up to you know Xbox One X and stuff like that. So yep. it's, it's cool that this is in there. Um, I hope this continues. Sony still looks bad. Uh, but it'll that's change. not really our problem. Yeah, it's a they'll change. until I go do beyond, and then it's definitely our problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to see Nintendo finally like listening, taking initiative, and developers wanting to work alongside Nintendo in, in this movement. So it's this, this really could have exciting. gone the other way. They could have said, yeah. "No, we don't want people to connect with our platform and all of that." And by the way, Fortnite even the voice chat thing they allowed, which yeah. is just crazy because it undermines their whole got to use an app to to call people and yeah with them strategy. Pair, we right? did the show during the yeah. Wii U era and we covered stuff like Splinter Cell that yeah. shipped without even a multiplayer oh, yeah. and right. was you know, I believe roughly the same price. Yep. And so now we're in a different world and it's it's this good. Is great. Yeah, it's just yeah. getting better and better. So it's very exciting stuff. Would have never predicted it. Predicted it like five years ago. Yep. No, no I, the I think that's were going to play nice with each other. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, not only that, but I think I think historically it's not something that Nintendo would have done in previous generations. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They wouldn't have been the first to say like, oh well, you know what? We will shake hands with mm-hmm. Microsoft, or we will ostensibly shake hands with Sony because. As long as I've been in the industry, as long as I've known Nintendo, they've been an insular sort of identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the walled garden. Exactly. Yeah, and 
also I've, probably because they didn't really need to do that. Like they didn't need to yep. stretch out that olive branch. But I think part of what Brian is talking about, especially in terms of like their versions of games getting left in the dust because they don't play well with mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. is probably a, a key deciding factor. In, yeah. in yeah. and the in, big thread to console makers is, is mobile games, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the moment the, the the it game Fortnite is playable on on mobile and PC uh, against each other, then kind of you don't want to be left out, right? Yeah, I mean, just to like mention that real quick, and we'll talk about Fortnite. I, I played a ton of Fortnite on my paternity leave. Um, it's, <laughs> that, there's a number of reasons there. One is that it uh, it's on a portable platform, mm-hmm. and I can have a sleeping baby in my arms and and you know kind of be curled up in bed. And but play how it. do you handle all the profanity? She's going to learn a lot of profanity. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm her father. Consider the source. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, She's an Altano. Yeah. But the cool, th- also the fact that Sony was basically just like, hey, it's a one way street to play this game in our platform. So I gave up trying to level up on PS4. I played specifically there. And then I noticed, yeah, this is also on mobile and those accounts just connect. Mm -hmm. And so I brought my daughter to the doctor's office. I didn't bring my Switch. I had my mobile phone and I like leveled up a little bit in Fortnite just waiting for the appointment. And I went home and all that just carried over to my Switch game, which is like surreal. It's just crazy that that's happening now. And it's just so, it's so damn cool. So Mm -hmm. yeah, more of that. Yeah, it would be awesome to see more and more games uh, working together like that. More cross-play, please. Um, but uh, there's some interesting predictions coming out of uh, the NPD. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but I definitely wanted to bring this to your attention. Matt Piscatella, who is the head gaming industry analyst at the NPD, uh, shared his thoughts on which console uh, will have generated the most sales by the end of the year. And surprisingly... Should we drum roll? Yeah, surprisingly, it's not the PS4, it's actually the Switch, uh, despite the PS4's massive lead Mm -hmm. that it currently has Mm -hmm. right now in the market. And, uh, you know, that all sounds great. I I do believe that it's possible. He thinks that it's mainly going to be due to the release of um, Pokemon Let's Go and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Like, those two games are just going to be you know, driving massive sales for Switch mm. and driving, you know, selling consoles. But uh, then he put out the his predictions for the top 10 games that will sell by the end of the year. And um, I'm not going to read all of them off, but there are literally no Nintendo games <laughs> yeah. on that top this, 10 list. This reads like a top 10 games that aren't coming to Switch this year. Yeah, exactly. That's very well said. I mean, let's not leave people in the dark. Like, it's... it's Okay. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Battlefield 5, NBA 2K19, Far Cry 5, uh, Madden NFL... Uh, Fallout 76, God of War, Monster Hunter World, and Marvel Spider-Man. So obviously no Nintendo games. These are super, these are super um, safe picks because well, if you look at... Like, these are like quadruple A games. Well, yeah. First of all, they're on multiple platforms. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So they usually, no. most of them will inch out single platform games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think Pokemon is going to be on this list because there are two SKUs available and right. we've never not seen a Pokemon right. game in a top right. 10. So I think you forgot about that one. Um, but the install base for the Switch is also smaller. No, but like these are all returning uh, performers like NBA 2K was on the list last year. Madden was on the list last year. Um, you know, there's when there's not a GTA game in the top five, there's a Red Dead Redemption game. Right. So mm. they safe picks. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm I'm I could see the PS4 just kind of eking out the overall sales for the year. Um, life to date, obviously, the PlayStation 4 has sold more consoles. It's been out, you know, for five years. The Switch is out just over a year. Right. They're about like we estimated they're like 75 million PS4s in the world. Mm-hmm. They're about 18 million Switches, and Microsoft doesn't like to show the data when they're behind. Um, and they're about we we estimate about 30 million yeah. uh, units globally installed. So it's not like Switch is gonna like leapfrog PS4 in total install. It's just for the year. Right. 
But I think this is ignoring Spider-Man, like, and you know, the power of games like Spider-Man and God of War, you know. God of War was uh, the fastest selling PlayStation exclusive and, ever. And people are going to continue to pick that up. Right, right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, that's a system seller it's, in the same way Uncharted was. And they'll bundle that and that'll well, do Yeah, I was going to say, and there's no, there's no real guarantee that Sony's not going to come out swinging this holiday season and offer especially, a discounted system yeah. or a bundle that, that would the, put a bunch of PS4s back in people's houses. Especially the price those, drop factor. So if, if they price drop the PS4 Pro, mm -hmm. which I'd be angry about because I just bought one recently, but if they do, that's going to encourage more people to buy a second PlayStation and put more PlayStations in more homes, yeah. even if that install base is already accounted for, yeah, right? So it, it might be a close race, but I could totally see where this dude's coming from. I, I do think it's I do think it's erroneous that he would leave off Pokemon. Yeah, I totally agree. That's yeah. that's that's gonna cross. maybe he was splitting yeah. them into two SKUs, but if it's one version, yeah, it's just a let's go, but it, is, it'll be in that list. This is a, a fascinating case study in how successful Nintendo can be uh, you know, in spite of this list, we just talked in the previous segment about um, how well they're playing with others and how they're getting some of the biggest games in the world. And here's a list of games they're not getting. And still mm -hmm. analysts are saying that they have a great shot at being the best selling console of the year, which is, I think, fascinating. Yeah, no, you know? I totally agree. Like, I I think Pokemon Let's Go is going to sell amazingly. And I think Smash Brothers, of, of course, is going to yeah. sell real well. But I don't think that they're going to those two games alone are going to push like 20 million switches. No, you know? I don't think, I don't so think it's going to double it or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, it, Smash never count out the Pokemon factor, though. But the thing I, is, I'm like, always it, shocked by sales numbers of Pokemon games. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, Smash is obviously a system mover for mm -hmm. sure. And I think, you know, well, I just did it right now, but I, I think people have a tendency to sort of discount what Pokemon does for systems. Yeah. Right? But, well, but well, what one important note, though, is this isn't a core Pokemon game. It's very much like a spinoff title. I well, it's guess. Like, like a reimagining of the first one, right? And a, if they lean into that from their marketing angle, like... Feel like that could be very beneficial in 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 especially like in the same way that Pokemon Go recaptured a lot of people's um, feeling for the franchise mm -hmm. and the accessibility of that mm -hmm. franchise. I, I could see Nintendo very easily coming at that this with like, oh, relive your Pokemon childhood in this like retelling of the original Pokemon games. Yeah, it's all in the marketing, will right. it look like a full fledged game or will it look like one of the spin offs that didn't perform as well? Then yeah. Andrew Goldfarb's already bought six copies yes. of it. Yeah, so I mean <laughs> the nostalgia angle for thirty something somethings is definitely there, but I mean you can't you can't knock it out the park sales wise with the Pokemon game without really reaching kids. And I still think that they spent the first year and a half of the Switch marketing and everything going for people like us. Yeah. And playing Pokemon on a 2DS or a 3DS that you can get for pretty cheap is is a very different thing than playing it on a three hundred dollar dedicated handheld console. Well hybrid and thing. yeah, not to discount the idea of the second half of that game essentially coming from an even more expensive cell phone, yeah. right? Like yeah, Pokemon yeah. Go, the, w the way that that integrates into this Let's Go franchise is something that it's like, are kids, are kids still playing Pokemon Go? Are they actively engaged with that? Mm -hmm. Is that something that they're excited about to like bring their pocket monsters over to the new game? <laughs> it's true. So, it's yep. true. Yep. Nobody yeah, knows. A lot, a lot of new factors well, here. So One thing, by the way, like looking at the sales numbers, if the current sales trends hold... That means the Switch will pass the Xbox globally in Q1, end of Q1 of next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. especially, I mean, and obviously Nintendo is outright reporting on those numbers. And with Xbox, it's they're beating a, a target that is invisible effectively. But we've been able to yeah. kind of collate what those numbers are based on what publishers have said and um, just having a rough estimate of that and what yeah. we've heard well, behind the scenes.
machines. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's that's just Microsoft's story right now. Like, they're not moving any systems in Japan whatsoever, yeah. whereas mm-hmm. the Switch, the, like, they're selling successfully all over the world. Well, well yeah. X is doing pr- better in the U.S., and overall, the Xbox One is is doing better um, this year. You know, it's, it's definitely a little bit closer now, the, the race with sales. The X is awesome. Yeah, I love, but I they also... Came, they I came mean, out of E3 with a lot of goodwill, yeah. too. Also, yeah, I was going to say, take a look at how be- aggressively they're courting Japanese developers right now, right? Like, yeah. Phil Spencer said multiple times at E3 mm-hmm. that, that he's putting in the legwork personally to go over there and talk as a third-party representative to Japanese developers, mm-hmm. which... Whatever. The Japanese made up their minds on the Xbox a long time ago. Yeah. But the idea that that Xbox is going to the links to show games like Sekiro and Tales of Vesperia and mm-hmm. all these other games on their stage. I probably got that Tales game wrong, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Tales of Sekiro Sonic. coming out on Xbox? Yeah. Oh, it was it debuted on their stage. It did? Yeah. Shadows Eye Twice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean the idea that they're they're really aggressively courting these Japanese developers right. seems like Obviously, we're not going to see it this year, but that could be a, uh, an uptick for next year Xbox sales or even like looking they, at the Xbox too. They two, definitely have know? a long-term strategy with buying a lot of great pu- publishers. Look, I'm going to be busy playing Forza Horizon yeah. 4. I'm, <laughs> I mean, we could, we could talk year, about but... this all day, but the reality is that you know Microsoft came out this generation with a kind of uh, scattershot vision of what they wanted their console yeah. to be, which if you're a Nintendo fan, you lived through that with the Wii U. And mm-hmm. if you don't have a clear... Like tweet-sized explanation of what your thing is, people kind of forget about it. And then, yeah. I mean, you note about the Wii U. Obviously, the the Wii U did get a Mario game and a Zelda game, but very very late in mm-hmm. the life cycle, it got ports. Right? Yeah. And Microsoft is a little bit in that situation, but like, it's a it's a bad situation to be in to you know be surpassed by a competitor after two years on the market right right after being five years on the market but you know like on on the flip side that's like i said it just exactly what just happened with the wii u the reason that the switch launched when it did was because of the wii u's failure Mm -hmm. um that's just straight up what happened and so if microsoft sees what they did they course correct and they come out with something fresh and new they can win people over nintendo uh people were predicting for the 140th time in their history they would go third party two years ago yeah, and now yeah. now we're here talking about how they might have the best selling system yeah it's crazy so, huh? well i mean things can change over said not not that conversation hasn't been had about sony but like people have said the same thing about microsoft oh yeah are they going to get out of the yeah. hardware game or are they going to go just as a third party developer or publisher? no i mean when when the ps3 launched at at 599 us dollars with really no games there was a chance well, that, what about Ridge yeah, Ridge there was a chance that they were you know they were on the ropes for a minute there too and they price dropped they course corrected and they ended up being one of the best selling consoles by the end so anyway yeah. this has been uh, podcast unlocked thanks yeah. for listening <laughs> and nbc <laughs> and beyond and the little game yeah. scoop and thanks for yeah oh man i i, I love talking about Con- this stuff. console wars are exciting yeah. And, yeah. and interesting to talk about uh, most of us have all consoles yeah home, totally yeah. and play them all but yeah it, like, I, I just recently became a big time xbox boy so oh, there yeah. you go mm-hmm. but like the you know it's it's so awesome as an old school nintendo fan to see mm-hmm. this just the tides turning again and this console just finding a place in the market so yep. i mean yeah. i think it's yeah. interesting that we still use the term console war right yeah. because the way that nintendo and xbox are doing little smooches on each other yeah i mean <laughs> what that's because they're trailing sure yeah but it's like also that's a great partnership like yeah, i'd love is. to see that that term fall by the wayside <laughs> We'll see once when one of them is ahead whether they'll pay as much attention to this. Yeah, this I, you think Nintendo's yeah. going to take the lead over Microsoft in this fiscal year and then be like, hey, all that goodwill that we built up last year, you, I'm just going to throw it out a window? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I, I like the chat. We'll take our, we'll take our really Minecraft good. and we'll take yeah. our Fortnite and we'll yeah. see you guys on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we still have a ways to go until the end of the year. I mean, it's only July right now. So, you know, there's time. Anything could happen, but it's still really cool to hear those predictions yeah. coming out. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, Warframe was announced for Nintendo Switch. That's true. Which is awesome. Was that on a Sunday? Yeah, it was, it was on, announced a, on a Sunday. Thanks, it was a guys. Sunday, like in the middle of the yeah. afternoon. I have a funny story for you guys. Uh, so, like, real quick. Uh, or actually, you know what? I'll, I'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, so surprisingly, uh, Panic Button is handling the port. And Panic Button, of course, is famous for porting uh, games like Doom, Doom yeah. Wolfenstein, uh, Rocket League. Yeah. So yeah. they do a fantastic job making <laughs> these big, massive, beautiful games um, work on they're, they're Switch. Ma- they're magicians. They have yeah. like a shrink They're like ray. the new Eurocom. They, they are. You know, they, they're helping port so many games mm-hmm. to uh, to this platform. Uh, so yeah, it was, an, it was announced at TennoCon, which is Warframe's annual convention. Just Warframe uh, has a convention. Yeah, it's massive. The game is so it's big, huge. Everybody has so a convention big. now. I know. It's I'm excited to see you at Brycon 2018. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you get Brycon. rain in your beard. That just you don't, a giant don't know final Warframe. banner that says yep. "Brap Brap." Uh, this year we're partnering no, I, with Zach Rycon. That's right. <laughs> it's, I get it. It's not. It's not one of the. It's not one. The, the one that everybody talks about. But the games like World of Tanks, you know, yeah, humongous in Eastern Europe, and uh, Warframe. Just it's we, one of those free to play, yeah. massively big. games. We have a couple of people on staff here that have been with Warframe from day one wow. and are consistently updating. You know, like you'll see them tweet about the game or, or, or post about it. And it's it's always in a way that's like, can't believe this game is still adding new content. Yep. Like, can't believe how into this game I am with every single update. Yeah. For those of you that aren't in the know, Warframe is... is Almost like a free-to-play Destiny, right? Like, isn't it like kind of. similar that's, to like a shooter RPG, but it's third person? That's what I say when I'm explaining right. it to yeah. people. It's not like Destiny where it's like seamless shared world where right. you just run into random people. Uh-huh. You still have to find groups, but it has that RPG single-player cooperative feel cool. that Destiny right. does. And not unlike every other one of these ports to the Switch. Like, I've not taken the time to play Warframe on any other platform, but because it's coming to the Switch now, it's like, hmm, <laughs> perhaps I will get very Lines into Warframe. another yeah. baby, and we'll right. only play Warframe. I mean, like that is it is a wildly convenient platform to experience games like this for the first time. It yeah. really is. I mean, it's it's not like it's a huge pain in the ass to turn on your TV and turn on a console and sit down and invest time and focus in on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, grabbing a handheld and walking out the door and, and you know, or sitting on your couch playing in your bed wherever you are, well, yeah. it just get, works. And get like, disconnected from Warframe as you're. That's out. true. That this, happens. Yeah. <laughs> in a game like a game like Warframe Heather. or a game like Fortnite, it, the idea that you can just basically grind levels while you're watching a TV show or something it's and so it's cool. like cooperative or competitive like I, yeah I could see that that's exactly, that's exactly into it. it. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to do that with Octopath. Just yeah. level up while watching TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What about the story? And there is a ton. When you're fighting. A ton of grinding in Warframe. Um, what blows my mind, though, is that Warframe's been available on consoles for a while now. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that it's coming to Switch, it's bringing in so many interested people now. 18 mm-hmm. million. Yeah, Sounds it's like, like, oh, I've never checked it out, so I might as well mm-hmm. you know, give this a shot. I mean, what was the numbers? It was like two point something million people downloaded Fortnite in the first like two yeah. days. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, this is a good place to bring games right now. Yeah, definitely. And as far as crossplay is concerned for Warframe, uh, Digital Extremes did go out and say that they are exploring all the options, uh, which to me, you know, that sounds like they're probably talking to Nintendo about it and seeing how other publishers feel about it. Maybe we'll get uh, crossplay with Xbox. I doubt we'll get Or they it. didn't expect the question. They're like, mm, well, uh, Warframe doesn't we support are. crossplay as it is, right? Isn't that the case? No. There is no Like, they're siloed there. off. Yeah. 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 So Nintendo had the following to say, we but like crossplay. <laughs> It is good. But it's also We're talking to game, developers. Right? Warframe's <laughs> been around longer than than Fortnite Battle Royale edition, right. and yeah, true. 
Yeah. Uh, no, but the uh, the f- funny story that I wanted to say earlier was that uh, like four or five months ago, maybe even longer than that, randomly the community manager of Warframe followed me on Twitter. <laughs> and, and I was like, why? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe something's <laughs> coming. Ooh, this is, we're, we're going we're gonna to yeah. create news stories yeah. now based sure, on who wow. followed you. Yeah, it's all hypothetical. Phil Spencer <laughs> just followed you. Let me know when <laughs> Rockstar follows you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, I, uh, I've been doing some thinking. Nintendo Switch Online is coming out in September. It's not too far away. Mm-hmm. It's only a couple months away. Yeah. But there's a little bit of a gap that I've noticed in any sort of multiplayer games releasing around that time or <laughs> just like a killer launch lineup that an online service should have. I mean, <clears throat> with the launch of Xbox Live, uh, back on the original Xbox, we had, you know, Unreal Championship. We had MotoGP. Uh, there was, what Crimson was it? Crimson Skies. Crimson Skies, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not like gigantic titles, but they were really great games and they were ready to launch day and day with... Uh, with Xbox Live. And uh, it was a similar story with uh, PlayStation Plus. Yep. And yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what is Nintendo planning? Because, like, all of a sudden, come, you know, some date in September, they're just going to flip a Switch and all the games that we've been playing online for free, like Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart, all of a sudden we have to pay $20 a year for. And I know $20 a year is not a lot of money, um, but still, it's kind of weird that all of a sudden we're just going to have to pay. So I was wondering. Um, you know, let's let's try and explore some some games that could potentially be launching alongside Nintendo Switch Online, or what you would at least like to see. Sure, if you guys yeah. have any? Um, yeah. So I, I have a little list right here. I wrote an article about this earlier this week, and I'll put a link in the description down below if you guys want to check it out. But uh, you know, since Warframe doesn't have an actual release date yet. I was thinking maybe it could be launching alongside Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, that's a good bet. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I'll give that one a ninety percent. Ninety percent. Okay, yeah. I like those odds. Yeah. Uh, FIFA nineteen uh, is obviously, a, or FIFA in general is just a massive, massive game or franchise in Europe in particular. And the ultimate team modes have been incredibly popular. Of course, yeah. of course. And now FIFA eighteen like hasn't, you know, when it released on Switch, it was, in my opinion, pretty good. But it didn't have a lot of great on like online modes. It right. didn't have all the features that all the other consoles yeah. had. You couldn't even really play with friends. You just had to like randomly encounter them, which was yeah. really frustrating. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, FIFA 19 launches for Switch in September. Okay. So could that be a day and day launch? Mm. You know, alongside Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I'll give that one a 89 percent. Oh really? So so many high grades. Percent lower. All right. Those, I think those were the ga- will be the games that Nintendo will refer to when mm. they're launching their online plan, saying play these great games. FIFA obviously is a big hit in in Europe. That'd be a good one for for that territory. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you guys? I don't know. Do you foresee any sort of surprises? Like, is it possible for Nintendo to just be like, "Boom! Here's Animal Crossing." You you took it. You took a stab <laughs> at it. You made some pretty bold ones. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I'll I'll give them <laughs> slightly lower percentage <laughs> okay. uh, numbers. I feel like the window on <laughs> Animal Crossing is rapidly closing for 2018. You think so? I think it's a, if it's happening. I think it's a big 2019 game. It feels too big to pull out of your hat. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean that Animal Crossing and the other one you have listed here. Spoiler. There's a Star Fox Grand Prix. Like, if we're looking at launching these games in what four months, right? Uh, no, two months. Uh, the marketing cycle there is like completely missed. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that those games would be like, like, and it's out, 
right now. Oh, unless I, it was like a unless it was like a dumbed down version. That's of why like, I think it'll be a digital. Yeah. There could be a digital only game for sure. Yeah. Like retail, I don't think so. These sound too big. What is it? What Pocket Camp coming to Switch? Like uh, no, God, I, I don't think so. I hope not. No, oh, no tables really turning on Pocket <laughs> Camp. Huh? I mean, I, I play I, more of that game than anyone they, uh, on the show. Dan, uh, please cut in uh, a clip of Brian and I being like, Pocket Camp is great right yeah. here. Thanks. No, the, the stuff the stuff that is, I, I think is more likely. Like, I, I feel like there's like almost no chance we'll see the Star Fox thing this year mm. um, uh, coming out or, or Animal Crossing. I feel like those are too big, mm. but um, they will definitely be that NES game and there'll be a, an, an awesome one updated in a way where people say, oh, this is really cool. I can totally understand why it's fun to play that online. Or they'll augment their biggest hit, Mario Kart 8. Right. Mm, yeah. And give you all, all new tracks and really entice you to play again. And maybe the track pack is part of the online launch. Say what? I think, no, yeah. I, I, I'm already obviously planning on plunking down 20 bucks for the online service. You give me a track pack in Mario Kart right? 8, and I'm. <laughs> no, I, I think you guys are on to something because, uh, like, Philip, what you said before is effectively they're going to have to come knocking on the door of the people playing these games already. Right. And they're going to say, hey, uh, you owe me 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And that's, so to do that, you kind of have to incentivize people a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that means probably new stuff for uh, Splatoon and new stuff for Mario Kart or mm -hmm. any any reason to really make people reach into the wallet and start paying for something that they were getting mm -hmm. for free already. I don't know if like, um, you know, Ice Climbers with online it multiplayer. It will not be Ice Climbers. <laughs> I hope be, not. Uh, Urban Champion. Like, <laughs> tennis. No. Like, tennis. It'll be, <laughs> no, it, it's got to be something like I know Mario you guys love with the new leaderboard mode. It's got to be like one of their core titles. I, oh, yeah, I don't know if it would be Tennis. No, but it was your go-to tennis. Oh, no, I was making a joke. They already have Mario tennis. <laughs> That's now. a good joke. That's true. No. All right. Well, do you guys remember? Like, <laughs> do you guys remember after E3 uh, how Nintendo's stocks just sort of kind of went started going yep. downhill? Mm, sure. And uh, you know, investors were kind of frustrated with them that they only brought out you know Pokemon and Smash to, to the big show. And uh, Kimishima went out and said that you know, hey, don't worry. We have more stuff that's coming out later this year. Like we're not done announcing uh, our games and you know our our products. Essentially, what? Where's that finger coming? No, it'll be like <laughs> whatever. Wilbur the Magic Armadillo. What is that franchise called again? The, that uh, was it. No, you nailed it. Oh God, <laughs> Dil Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, Wilbur the Magic yeah. Armadillo. <laughs> it'll be that one. Just a plus box boy. No, I like, I like box boy. But uh, Bo what, do you, what do you think though? about the box boy collection coming to Switch? Do you think that, that'll turn the the stock? That will not the box boy anything, box. But those are great think, games that you should play. I agree, but I don't think that that's going to make investors happy. No. I think that would just piss them off that, even but, more. But that's there might, why there I might feel be like one investor who's really holding out for that one. Box boy. Um. I don't know. I, do, do you feel like he was genuinely teasing something bigger, or was this more kind of appeasing investors saying, "Don't worry, there's some there's some variety. There'll be another game coming out." Because I mean, Pokemon and Smash are freaking humongous. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not like you now magically drop a third franchise that's as impactful as this. Right. I mean, as these titles, right? It baffles me still that Smash does not launch day and date with. Nintendo online service. Seriously, like, so it weird. Is they just mind boggling. Yep, that it, I totally it agree. Launch yeah. until December. That feels like Crazy. a huge miss. Yeah, they want the subscription plan in place. They want sure. to get that out mm -hmm. before. But what this what game hits? What game could possibly drive more people to shell out twenty bucks immediately None. than Smash? But that's like fine. That, then they all yeah. sign up in December, right? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it'll I mean, be interesting to see what yeah. what that. It's graph looks like for subscriptions September to December. It's better to get the sucker stable yeah. first right. and yeah. put Smash out there because Smash is the one that will will bring them. Well, otherwise your Just launch is effectively like you get a kind of this 
begrudging rolling of fans like in the same way amazon prime is like we're going up 20 bucks and you're like and then you just pay it anyway you know like that's that's you just kind of fumble into this launch and that's to make me just pay for something i'm getting for free already i think i really think there has to be something special there and smash would have been perfect maybe tennis for nes box boy collection it'll be great you you can change the background color of the court yeah. In the online version. Only. That's right. That's those, the only feature added. Those three no, I- identical s- fans in the crowd that repeat ad nauseum. I mean, what are the most <laughs> uh, what, what are the most popular NES games that that could move the needle where people go, I get it, this is cool. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Tetris, right? Tetris is too ubiquitous. And it, so it's, it has to be something with leaderboards where people want to do speed runs. And so maybe this is something, maybe they get a third party involved too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is your Mega would, Man competition. I would love, I will, I'll buy the, you know, original Super Mario Brothers no matter what. But if they add, God, here we go. If they add leaderboards, Bingo. if they add leaderboards mm-hmm. to levels and you can, that's you can do a no speed brainer. Runs, uh, that'd be really cool. I mean, I, yeah, I, I totally ready to take a shot. <laughs> I think that uh, no matter what, whether it's in the form of like Mario Kart updates or Splatoon updates, I think that there's something really exciting coming for us for the launch of Nintendo Switch Online. It could be that. It could be a completely new game that nobody was expecting. Uh, but either way, there's something that Nintendo has to do to incentivize people to pay this you know, this new annual fee. So yeah. hopefully we hear about it soon. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a direct uh, you know, a little bit before uh, the launch of Nintendo Switch Online. I think we're almost due for another Direct. Yeah, we're about a month out from E3, so yeah. I'd say probably in the next few weeks we should be hearing something about a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. yeah. Go check out Philip's article. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. between now and Gamescom. Steep. Hopefully. Steep. Where did Steep go? Yeah, Steep. That's actually on my list, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Hold, on. Hold on a second. <laughs> Steve, uh, the joke is that Ubisoft has moved into an office below us. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought he was calling down from the mountain. From no, they, their, their headquarters are under construction, so they moved in downstairs one yeah. floor down. Oh, yeah. but so if you stomp your feet, you can make things happen. That's what right. if we uh, do a little French accent and sneak in? Uh, <laughs> huh? We put on a beret. And, uh, we are rooting well, for you hello. in the World Cup. <laughs> what, you, what do you guys do in accents every week on this show? <laughs> I mean, you just have no. That's one, I just I, like general, <laughs> but. I, I, it's, it just happened. I kind of have one. No, but in, in case you guys are wondering, Ubisoft did actually just yesterday um, confirm that Steep is still in development for really? Switch. Yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. missed that. You know what I say? waiting for the snow to fall again. Yeah, you know I say. They're just waiting for it. Winter cycle. Um, that game's not bad. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully we see it soon. I, I kind of, I really hope it comes soon, guys. I want there's a no, fun snowboarding no game. There's no good snowboarding game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And skiing yeah. and whatever. And we're definitely not getting SSX anytime soon, so <sighs> Steep. Tricky. Steep will do it. Um. So... I've noticed a funny pattern here uh, occurring in Nintendo Switch OS updates. Okay. It seems like about every three to four months, we get an update. The very first one, um, or actually the console release, or Switch released on March 3rd last year on version 2.0. And then about three months later, three and a half months later, we got uh, version 3.0. About four months after that, we got version 4.0. And then four and a half months after that, we got version 5.0. So now we're in July. It's been about three months and some change since the last update. Mm. Uh, so I feel like we're you know due for another OS update, some sort of either you know refresh or like maybe building the sort of foundation for a Nintendo Switch Online. Um, but either way, I think 6.0 is just on its way. Yep. So my question to you guys is, what do you think? Uh, or what would you like to see? No, the ability to pay for online, of course. Yes, <laughs> of course. No. Um, I posted this in the Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook group mm-hmm. um, 
I was going through my list of games and I realized that a very simple thing that it doesn't do that my PS4 does mm. is um, sort of organize all your uh, all your most recently played games whether or not they're installed. Mm. And so that's the thing. Like you'll, mm. you know, with your memory cards, you're probably moving a lot of files around, especially I downloaded something like Wolfenstein, which just like ate up a third of my card. Yep. Um, and I had to archive a bunch of stuff that I'm not, that I'm not playing anymore. How big is your card? Don't ask me that. Did you get a four hundred? That's personal. You didn't get a no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I think I have those a, things are like two hundred bucks. They're I'm too like, expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like as much as a as a broken switch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I noticed that like if you have a game that's archived, it just kind of sits in the list of the last time you played it, and there's no way to say like these are the ones I have installed and these are the ones I have archived. There's no quick button to mm. just sort all. Mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. On top of that, I want themes. That's, that's the it. easiest yes. one. Yeah. Yes. Um, you could really incentivize my Nintendo and all the other uh, the, uh, platforms out there. Um, you could have uh, pre-order exclusive themes for games and stuff. Um, it's so stupid that we only have black and white as the, as the themes. I mean, here. those are the only two themes. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. the only colors I wear, but right. still, <laughs> it's like, I would like more than that. You, you want the options to not yeah. use. And then obviously, I'm, I hope I'm not stealing all the air here, but um, folders. Yeah. Just, you know, especially yeah, with, some with virtual console yeah. games coming, like, I would love to tuck all of those in one spot. I have, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I backed Jeremy Parrish's Kickstarter for mm -hmm. the Flip Grip, mm -hmm. which is, did you guys talk about it in the show? No. Uh, yeah. No. It's the real quick rundown. It's, it's like a vertical, um, uh, dock, dock for, yeah. for your Joy Con. So basically, yeah, it, it uh, hacks your Switch so that you can slide your Joy Con on, on, uh, yep. so you can hold your Switch in. Tate mode is that yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah and so uh, standing yeah it got me it got me on the eShop buying a bunch of shmups that I don't have and I would love to just have all those in a folder and so little things like that would be really cool mm -hmm. yeah the only thing I ever want from any update from the Switch is Bluetooth support. Yeah. yeah. I just want Bluetooth support. Like, I want so badly to sync my uh, Apple AirPods mm -hmm. yeah. to my Switch and be able to, like, play Fortnite without having to run a cable. Like, I just want Bluetooth. Did you see the Kickstarter? For I the did see I that. that yeah, I did yeah. see that, yeah. I backed uh, that, too. Which is a nice fix, but I'd love for it, it to cool. not. It looks cool. It looks like a Switch yeah. with the colors and everything. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I mean, themes themes are the main part. I think the OS, the core of the OS is already really good. It's so quick. Usually you get OS updates that speed things up, you know, especially in the Xbox realm that happened where now the menus are much faster. I feel like the Switch can't go any faster. It's so snappy. The sleep and wake up are really good. Um, so I think some of the, you know, definitely folder options themes. And then there's the question I, I don't really need this, but I feel like we're heading there is the video tab. There are no, you know, there's no, the Switch is a, a game machine. People ask for Netflix and streaming on, right. on that uh, on that machine. And as more of these apps will be made available, they kind of need to be categorized mm -hmm. maybe in a in an easy to access uh, video section. Yeah, it's weird to just have like, behave the, like the games. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, to have like Hulu sitting next to Mario Odyssey yep. and, and Breath of the Wild is just weird. Yeah, so that, that sort of organization as the Switch gets more um, functionality. And then obviously there are all these kind of functions for um, playing with friends that aren't there yet like quick menus to invite somebody mm -hmm. you know like the quick overlays to add somebody and all that yeah mm -hmm. i would also like an e-shop update that allows you to put multiple games in your shopping cart yeah once it's so crazy that it's so oh, annoying that each one of those has to be a separate transaction yeah. Yeah. you know especially because a bunch of games are just a few bucks and i'll i'll go buy you know one or two or three a week yeah. and everyone is a separate transaction or, and like or six if, emails. You're, if you're buying a game and you notice that there's a new demo or something oh. yep. and it's like it's so annoying the, to have to call back yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. thing that I definitely think they'll do with the online stuff is give you more of a sense of the community around you 
you know, right now, if you're playing a game and you're on, you you'll see a little pop up that tells you, you know, that tells you that the yeah, other player is on. But yeah. like, you're not starting the menu and getting this kind of feed and mm-hmm. sense of what you guys were up to. Like, right. I, I have yeah. to, I have to dig for it. And That's I something that I do really like about the PlayStation yeah. interface is that, that you can see almost like a Facebook wall of like, oh, so and so is playing this. They just trophies, this trophy, right. all yeah. of the group with yeah. this many people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which gets us to the last thing: trophies and achievements. I don't think they're adding it, but like <laughs> that'd be cool. It's not like anybody's been asking for that for years. Yeah, no, yeah. no it's a new I don't thing. see them doing. It's just like it. It just fundamentally doesn't fit. With Isn't too stubborn do. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Isn't but, playing a Nintendo game a trophy in and of itself? It is. <laughs> it is. So many of these games have their own kind of built-in trophy yeah, yeah. system. True. Just yeah. go on Google Images and look up some good trophies. Every time you do something great in a game, <laughs> treat yourself. Just build your own Just trophy. Take yeah. <laughs> Just take a look at a trophy. Pick whatever you want. Print it on your yeah. dad's printer. You'll be rich. Uh, just real quick, because uh, we are running out of time real quickly. Um, I did mention it in the beginning of the show, and I don't want to ignore it. Uh, Mario Kart VR is launching in the UK this summer. So if you heard about Mario Kart VR, it is in Japan right now. It's a really cool experience. Our very IGN's own Lucy O'Brien uh, actually checked it out, and uh, she had nothing but great things to say. So definitely look it up. It's going to be at... Uh, VR zones, I believe, is what they're called. Uh, in the, uh, yeah, VR zone, VR zone portal, uh, and there's one opening up in London. There's another uh, in Toonbridge Wells, and also Leeds. So if you're in the UK, you're going to London this summer, you're very right? Very lucky. No, I'm not no? going to London this oh, summer. Oh yeah. man, it's a really sore subject. I'm really mad you brought oh, that yeah. up. And you guys Sorry. can see it here. It's running off of HTC Vive, so it has like full-on motion controls um, that you can, you know, you actually like pick up items that are hanging off of balloons, mm-hmm. uh, and then you use like shells to throw them. There aren't too many play characters i think it's just like wario mario yeah uh, different Yoshi. the courses look huh? yeah. yeah yeah goldfarb played this last year when he was in uh uh japan and he said it is amazing oh my yeah. god yeah. i want to say it's so super bad. fun yep. yeah so keep an eye out for that if you're in the uk i wish i could play this i would love to see how this is like but yeah, this I've, looks awesome i've only yeah. heard good things about it uh-huh. but yeah that's mario kart vr um so let's go ahead and talk about two different games before we get into our leading games where we're going to take a break and then talk about octopath traveler and captain toad and some other games as well but first i want to talk about this new fortnite update mm-hmm. uh, fortnite? yeah really exciting stuff uh we've got Something we've got all terrain carts now, which are exa- essentially just golf carts. I yeah. got killed yeah. by one this morning. Oh, you did? I was not expecting it. I something just came. I so I upload. I, I updated the game and didn't really pay attention to like patch notes and stuff like that because I was bleary eyed. Mm. And I was playing and I'm running around with my gun and I looked over the hill and this like speeding car came at me shooting and I'm like, what? So I and mean, then it killed me and I'm like, oh, a golf cart killed me. Fortnite uh, golf carts in Fortnite vehicles in Fortnite in general has been something that's like having played very little PUBG. The one thing that I've always said about it is like, man, getting in a vehicle in PUBG with your friends and like crossing that map that way is amazing and like Mm -hmm. feels really fun and collaborative. Mm -hmm. The idea that, that now you can get three of your buddies and load into a golf cart and fly across that map yeah. in Fortnite sounds awesome. And so I, I've not yet had an opportunity to jump in on the season five uh, uh, map upgrades and stuff, but like I cannot wait to, to... The the golf cart itself is like so decidedly Fortnite too because the roof of it acts as a springboard. Yeah. So not only can you roll around with four people, but you can park, hop out, and jump off it to get to somewhere cool. else. That's so, awesome. Um, right. I've been playing a ton of Fortnite and I, I'm i not great at it. I, yeah. I've only gotten number one, you know, or first place a couple times or whatever. It's better they're, than me. I still they're, haven't gotten their bootleg <laughs> chicken dinner. But uh, I f- figured out why I really love this game. And I think it's because it's 
way more Mario 64 than it is Call of Duty. Mm. Yeah. Every time I open this game up, it gives me a random objective of things to do in the same way Mario 64 did. Mm-hmm. Or like they'll be like, between a bear, a lamppost, and a wall. And you're like, what's that mean? Yeah. And it's like, ba da ba ba da ba. And I jump mm-hmm. in and I run around and it's got guns and this big goofy 3D open world that I can platform around. And even when I suck at it and I get shot, if they tell me to open seven treasure chests and like, you know, some, some section of the game, I go in and I do that and I level up a little bit. And so incrementally you feel like you're accomplishing stuff, even when you're not constantly getting number ones or you're Mm -hmm. the best guy in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, It really rewards you for just kind of poking around and exploring. I mean, the reason why PUBG and Fortnite, the battle Royale games are so popular today is because they're not as, they're not as technically and as technical and as punishing as say like a Call of Duty or CSGO or Team Fortress or whatever right like where you jump in and if you're a little scared and you're it's daunting to you you can hide behind a bush for a while and like you will you will let other people do some of the dirty uh, dirty work for you and I I think that's especially great for for kids or or players who don't have as much time to spend on these games to get good yeah Yeah, if you just why they're so huge that's why they're the biggest games on the market if you're just starting out try the 50 v 50 mode it's super easy to sort of like get an idea of what's going on you'll probably win because there's a 50 you know 50 chance that you will yeah um the game is free to play uh the season pass or battle pass is like eight bucks um and by playing that you'll unlock enough credits basically to just keep unlocking battle passes so if you'll play it uh for eight dollars you'll get all this cool cosmetic stuff and paying for it doesn't give you any strategic advantage over anybody it's only cosmetic stuff you're right. opening, but it opens up with all these challenges and metagame stuff, that, which makes the game a lot more fun. So the the continued support yes. and constant updates of this development team has been absolutely baffling to watch. And the like, mystery it is amazing is so what so they're cool. doing yeah. with like the the I I don't want to say narrative because it doesn't have like world building. Yeah, it's it's it, like last Saturday. Um, you know, I've been playing Fortnite a lot, like especially more so since it's been coming since it came to the Switch. Last, I think it was last Saturday. It was like appointment television for mm-hmm. me that, like, I remember I was at the gym and I was like, I got to get home because something is happening in Fortnite at ten thirty. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I have to get there. And so, like, I changed my plans for the day so that I could come home, make sure that I was logged in, and watch this missile like a crash launch. into a dome yeah. that we didn't even so know was there. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so cool what it's they're so doing. Cool. I really love it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, and also, just FYI, the Switch version did get motion controls, mm-hmm. uh, nice. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah if, you if you've like been that. playing Splatoon, then like this just clicks. It's so cool. Ooh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, did yeah. you try out the motion controls? Yeah, I did. Does it work well? Yeah, it's really cool. Nice. It's like, uh, it took me a minute to sort of be like, I get it, because I've been playing it in a different way for so long. But uh-huh. yeah, it's, it's really awesome that this is here, because I think this is one of the most requested features on, on the Switch version. That's very cool. Yeah. Good to hear. All right, well, we're going to take a very quick break, but we'll be back to talk about Octopath Traveler, Captain Toad, and a couple other hidden gems that you definitely need to check out. Here we go. And we're back for part two, where we're going to talk about Octopath Traveler, Captain Toad, and a bunch of other games. But first, we are joined by none other than Ryan McCaffrey. I have transformed from a from a middle aged German man <laughs> into a pasty Irish boy. Ryan, <laughs> you're fresh fresh off your recent trip to Maui, apparently. How was it out there? No, this was from like a year. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Good Hi. To, good, good to see you. Guys. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Good to What's have up? you back. What's up, Dad? Thank you. Yeah, same to you. Yeah, same to you. Joining the dad club here at IGN. (laughs) What goodies have you brought us? What is this uh, box here? Nintendo kindly sent this over. So, uh, Octopath Traveler has been kind of like a virus at IGN, where 
the first person got their hands on it. Uh, I don't even know who Patient Zero was. I don't remember. <laughs> and then it's just like slowly spread around where I was like, oh, I got it. I got to get a copy. How do I get right, it? Right, right, right. And uh, so, yeah, we wanted to take a look at the Wayfarers edition here. Yeah. I don't even know how much this thing is, honestly. $60,000. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll tell you On in eBay. the unboxing <laughs> video that we do, uh, which you can watch probably by the time you see this. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, this is a pretty cool... So what is it exactly? This. What comes in this package here? It looks like the the box itself is like a book, and yeah. it's like a pop-up book. Yeah, to you know, mimic the diorama style right. of mm -hmm. the game. Uh, this game has my favorite visual style of 2018 so far. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's close. Here, let me try and hold it up on the on the close-up. Yeah, so if you're listening to the show, we're opening up the Wayfarer's Edition. It's a it's basically a giant fake book that opens up into a pop-up book that has multiple dioramas in it that mimic the art style of the Seems game. From the game yeah. yeah, which is like I would say like 2.5D. Like it's a 2D game, but with like shadows and lighting and yes. textures and stuff. It's some really intricate pop-up work here. Yeah, don't want to break it. It's really beautiful, <laughs> and obviously, it's, you know, there's a copy of the game tucked in there too. Yeah. Um, but this is this is really nice. What's I, it called? The Wayfarer's Edition. Does it come with any cool sunglasses? It comes with a cool I coin get that reference. and a really cool game. <laughs> yeah, there's. It is a pretty good coin. Yeah, here's the here's the coin out. if you want to cut back to the on the single, the single shot there. Yeah, it's really nice. It's got the uh, the king's face on it. I forget his name, uh, but well, this is Uncle the, King. Uncle King. Uh, it's the currency used in Octopath Traveler. It also comes with a CD, the soundtrack, which is. Awesome, because really the soundtrack good soundtrack. Is so good, yeah. And uh, it looks like a cloth map as well. Cloth map, so you can keep your Switch's screen nice and clean. Sweet. Um, yeah, but we're going to be doing a more in-depth dust off unboxing. your CD player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we're going to be doing a more in-depth unboxing uh, later uh, on IGN.com, so make sure you check that out as well. Um, but yeah, Seth Macy, our reviewer, recently reviewed it. The review's now live, and you can check that uh, in the description down below, so make sure you check it out. He gave it a 9.3. It's a real good score. For amazing yeah um yeah and now we none of us actually had a chance to actually play anything other than the prologue demo yes. and the demo before it but we're in love and i mean Seth the pro can't stop talking about it the prologue demo the most recent demo that dropped at e3 is essentially just the first three hours of the game it is so right. your progress carries over. carries over so i mean yes we've played the first the first part of the game yeah. we just haven't unlocked the rest of it and i will say that that from what i've heard uh talking to seth and stuff that 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 carry over that transfer is really really easy. That was something that I kind be. of yeah. That was something that I kind of worried about. Like, well, if I invest three hours into this now, is it going to be something that is like a pain in the ass, or well, do I risk losing my saves in this in this transfer? But he said it's like super easy to try. Right. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on to gush about this game because, like I said, I, I'm still I'm like going to take this home and just pull that cartridge out and start and pick mm -hmm. up where I left off in the demo because this is a a, a rare game for me where well, first of all I, I have to say like. I actually don't play a lot of JRPGs anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's kind of I don't know just for whatever reason I, I don't have a great explanation. I mean they're massive time yeah. sinks yeah. for the most part, yeah. right? Full time job, dad, yeah. you know, trying to trying to get all those trips to Maui. Balance. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean you, I think you and I talked about how like Stick of Truth's one of our favorite RPGs because you can knock it out in like twelve hours. hours yeah. yeah, but this game, you know, it's it it really had me at hello. It totally did from that initial uh, the the that. Japan unveil yep. the live stream uh, of the of the Switch originally, and I was like, whoa, whoa what's that? Yeah. Hold on a second. And yeah, like, you know, yeah, gameplay is more important than graphics, but graphics, the graphics absolutely are the reason that I 
paid attention to this game in the first place. If it had had a traditional pixel art retro style or some sort of 3D thing, I probably never would have picked this game up. Yeah, and it's somewhere kind of between those worlds. And it's weird because we hear a lot with pixel art and 2D stuff in general that it's actually, you know, it's it's expensive. It's actually way harder than we'd imagine. But I imagine it's still not as expensive as it is to build a massive 3D open world RPG. Yeah. And so if this is successful which I hope it is, and I think it will be, it means we'll get more stuff like it, which is great news, because it's really beautiful. This is actually, when you start the game up, even the demo, it's, it's got the uh, Unreal Engine 4 splash screen. So this was built off of Unreal. That's so cool. And yeah, to your exact point, Brian, uh, I tweeted this in full public view of Nintendo of America and Square Enix today in the hopes that someone somehow might see it. You're totally right. Like, this... Art style, this techno, this engine, this whole thing that they've built here, this framework, it needs to be used again. Yes, like this cannot. I don't. If that's whether that's Octopath Traveler two, what's sixteen path? I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even count that. I, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Uh, but you know, could they could do something like, you know, how, how much. Final Fantasy 15 took 10 years and how many tens of millions of dollars to mm -hmm. build? Right, and it's it's great. Don't get me wrong, but they could do. A Final Fantasy VI 2, like yep. an mm -hmm. offshoot, as they've done before with other Final Fantasy games, uh, in with this engine. I totally agree. For a fraction of the cost of, uh, of even FF15, but all of the game, like yep. all of uh, the even, same Even a remaster games. or a remake, you know, for of those. three or yeah, something like that. Be so yeah. Cool, yeah. Yeah. I, I would just, love that. I just need to see this whole, this used again. It's mm -hmm. so beautiful to look at. Uh, and, and obviously this game plays great too, as mm -hmm. Seth's review details i love the battle system like mm -hmm. it's it's not your traditional just take your turn you know turn-based japanese rpg system i i love the break system and and trying to f suss out each enemy's weakness and mm -hmm. then break them and then you get like you want to power up your attacks which yep. you get one power up that stacks per turn and do you hold on to them and unleash like a 4x attack or mm -hmm. you know th i love the added layers of strategy there mm -hmm. and uh i, I still have to say i've only met two of the characters so far i started with ulbrich mm -hmm. who's actually the same per guy i started with he's the warrior i started with him in the original demo from last fall i just like him i, I like warriors in my rpgs because right. look at me in real life pure escapism yeah yeah power fantasy <laughs> exactly so I started with Ulbrich, and then I just totally organically ran into Tressa, the merchant. And I actually like, so far, I like her story better than yeah. his. Uh, and I can't wait to meet the other six. And, you know, the, I guess the complaint so far, the common complaint is that it's, it doesn't really tie into a, an overarching story right. very well. Like, but even as just eight kind of vignettes in this big RPG world, I'm so down with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I actually kind of appreciate that uh, perspective on the storytelling too. I mean, instead of one massive thing, it's it's eight smaller bite-sized things that may or may not connect in in some ways. Uh, but I like that because even if I don't play all of them, if I play three or four, I'll feel like I got a lot from this game. Yes. Rather than just like what I do with most RPGs, which is get 20 hours in and, and just quit, leave everyone on a mountain to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, Alive, I'm, the RPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this one. I've been looking forward to it, just like you, Ryan. Like ever since day one, it's yeah. just been just you know so excited to actually get my hands on it. Well, it's mm -hmm. got it's got an awesome lineage too. It's the team behind yeah. Bravely Default, which are right. you know two incredibly wordy but awesome RPGs <laughs> that were were you know throwbacks to the Super NES era, yeah. and this is even more so. Like it's yeah. got such a 16-bit vibe. We're being told to wrap up, yeah, so I'm going to stop talking. Uh, closing comment for me on Octopath as I you know look to dive into the full game tonight is 
you know, you and I, Philip, have been working together because we're so excited about this game. We've been trying to do as much coverage on IGN as we can. Yeah. And, you know, we, we look at the YouTube views on our gameplay clips, our video preview. Haven't They haven't been as as good as what we'd hope they would be. Like, I don't know if it's the, the bizarre title where people are like, I don't know what that is. That's weird. I'm not clicking on that. But I'm hoping now that it's out, word of mouth will start to spread like, it's this game. This is a an awesome original game that really just like evolves retro so in, in a great way. Mm-hmm. That's out. We always complain like, oh, I wish this hadn't come out up against Call of Duty or right. like this right. is out at the perfect time. There's no excuse. Why? <laughs> like, yeah. go. There's literally nothing else out. Yeah. yeah. And on Switch, you don't have to fight Call of Duty. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're safe. It's a good time to play a big, juicy RPG like this. Yep. So definitely check it out. Um, and it's our pick of the week this week. It's uh, definitely. Definitely pick it up if you're a JRPG fan. But in case you're not, there is still another game out there that is worth picking up, in my opinion, especially if you haven't played it on Wii U, and that's Captain Toad. It's out on Switch and 3DS. We also have a review of it uh, live on IGN.com. You should definitely check it out. Uh, IGN's own Joey Scrabbles reviewed it. Joey Scrabbles. (laughs) Is that not how you say it? Joey Jojo. I call him Joey Scrabbles. Joey Scrabbles, yeah. Uh, good good review, Joey. Uh, very much on point, I think. And I think it works well on Switch. I really, really do. I think this game deserved a second wind. Um, and I've been playing it for the last, I don't know, week or so. And it's just great. It's yeah, so I, nice having this adorable, it's such an interesting concept, like puzzle game. Yeah. I love this game so much on Wii U. Yeah, it's I mean, like, and, that, and that wasn't just me being like starved for games. <laughs> yeah. It's a legitimately good game. Yeah, me too. Like it's many so that was fun. put on it's Wii so U charming. sent out yeah. to die. But um, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. How does it, so a lot of the stuff with Wii U is sort of like you mm-hmm. know popping into the perspective on the second screen. Does that right. not really play into th- things here, or does it no, just work? It it you like one problem with the Wii U version was like the menus would pop up. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, from the bottom and like cover up kind of yep. crucial areas. So that still kind of happens, and it's a little frustrating. It doesn't really break the game in any way. Um, it's still totally manageable. One thing that I did notice, and um, a couple of other people have been talking about it on the internet as well, is that like they when you scan amiibos. Uh, they forgot to change which side the mushroom, the one-up mushroom, comes out of. So, like, it comes out of where it registered on the Wii U, uh-huh. which is on the left side. But if you scan it on Switch, it's on the right side. So, like, you scan your amiibo, and instead of the mushroom popping out of your amiibo, which is what it's supposed to look like, right. it just comes out of this like blank area on the left. <laughs> that should be an easy day one fix. Yeah. 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 File open mirror toad.wii yeah. 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 <laughs> File save as toad.switch. Yep. There you go. Game development <laughs> quick fix that's awesome um but yeah and it runs equally as nicely uh on switch as it does on 3ds so any way you pick it up I and think they added a bunch of levels uh, surrounding odyssey, odyssey right? yes yeah. yeah but they also eliminated the bonus levels from the wii u that's from, so weird uh, from uh what was it um mario 3d world yeah why I, I don't know that is weird that we would get like not just get all of them why are they trying to hide 3d world that was a great game it was. yeah yeah. No, but the Odyssey levels are fantastic. Yeah. They really are. Like it does justice to <laughs> Andres um, is so mad at you. I you got to wrap this show mm-hmm. up. I know. Well, we still got we still got a minute and a half left, Andres. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. All right. I guess well, we don't. Producer has come in here to end the show, so we will get to all of the other games that we did not get a chance to get to uh, next week, and then uh, we also will do a nice big fat question block for you guys because I know that we've been lacking on that mm-hmm. as well. But uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for joining me 
thank you, Ryan, so much yeah. uh, for stopping by and showing us the Wayfarer's edition of Octopath Traveler. Thank you, Brian, for drinking a bottle of hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's my new thing since paternity leave. Hydrogen peroxide. It really rips your body open. Ooh, yes. Um, yeah, so we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Oh, boy. Take care. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.